0: You're gonna get hooked on that thing. I can see it now. Sixteen thousand bags of Cheetos later, you wake up. You're thirty-five. You're overweight. You're crying about your life in front of the soaps. I did you a favor. You stupid, ignorant son of a bitch, dumb bastard! Jesus Christ! I met some dumb bastards in my time, but you outdo them all. Get over there.
1: Look up idiots in the dictionary. You know what you'll find? A uh, picture of me?
0: No. The definition of the word idiot, which you fucking are. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! It's an inanimate fucking object. You're an
1: inanimate fucking object! You dirty eating piece of slime! You scum-sucking pig! You son of a motherless goat! You blithering, blundering, bull-nosed, block-headed, pot-bellied, ham-fisted jackass!
0: You are puke. You are the lowest form of life on earth. You are not even human fucking beings. You are nothing but unorganized, grabastic pieces of amphibian shit.
1: You're the problem. You're the fucking problem. You fucking Dr. White, Onkin, jamragarkin Spunk, baba. fucking Hoity Toity. Everybody, nothing hey. with curse words, all right? Kiss my sweaty balls, you fat fuck. I fart in your general direction. Your mother was a hamster, and your father smelt. Of Elderberry. You're sitting there, you're wondering, do
2: I have food on my face? Am I eating? Am I talking too much? Are they talking enough? Am I interested? I'm not really interested. Should I play like I'm interested, but I'm not that interested? But I think she might be interested, but do I want to be interested? But now she's not interested, so now all of a sudden I'm, getting, I'm starting to get interested. What you've just said is one of the most
0: insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.
1: Pardon my French, but you're an
0: asshole! Well, hey, welcome to another rant show right here on 60 Minutes with the podcast that is now eight shows all rolled into one. I'm Alan Sanders here to guide today's cast of miscreants and 'er ne'er-do-wells through a litany of things that irk our sensibilities, rankle our nerves, pester our predilections, vex our good humor or otherwise chap our asses. And joining me today are two members of 60 Minutes with. We'll start off with Dave Robinson. Dave, welcome. How are you? Hello, it's good to be back once again on this rant
2: show to let off a little bit of steam.
0: Great to have you back. And for a first time ever from one of the 60 Minutes with crew, Tom Downey. Welcome, Tom. Hello. Hello. It's... It's good to be here in a different a different room with a 60-minute Swift Tower. It is. We just added this on the extension. I think it's actually added to the outhouse of the extension, so we're <laughs> going to see what happens. Uh, normally, we hear you on the uh, Decade of Decadent shows. You and Dave uh, talk about movies from the 80s, movies that you haven't seen in a while and first-time watches. But this is your first time here, so give the audience that might be listening to this episode but not ha- but hasn't gone back and listened maybe some of the other shows you're on, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, um, I've been podcasting with Dave for, we were just saying, before we came on out, eight years now, Uh, previously on Ape's Picture House. um, I am a man who lives in the (laughs) East. I am a man.
0: I wasn't prepared. A man who wasn't prepared for a little intro. Um... You weren't prepared to introduce yourself. No, I'm an unprepared man from the East of England. <laughs> that, that's the best description ever. You know what really pisses me off? When people come to my podcast unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, it is actually a pleasure to have you and uh, to be able to talk to you uh, face to face, well, I say face to face, voice to voice here on the show uh, as we are on either side of the wonderful Atlantic Ocean. Uh, thanks so much for being able to make this work timing-wise between the time zones. Dave, I'm going to go to you first because I know the last time we had you, we weren't able to get to quite so many of your rants, and I think you last told me it was over three handwritten pages. <laughs> so why don't you kick us off? <laughs> I am still
2: backed up with rants. I think I suffer from rant con- constipation because there's there's always so many that I need to get out there. Uh, and thankfully, uh, you have the show, Alan where I can squeeze them out into people's ears. <laughs> uh, my f- my first rant of this show, it's a three-parter. Can you believe that a three-parter? And now, is this put, what
0: you shared earlier today on on uh, social media? You showed a picture of kids on a playground? I did. Yeah, that's one of the advantages of following us
2: uh, on social media, specifically our Twitter. That's the main social media that that we use at 60 minutes with. And I did I did tweet a picture earlier of kids in in a playground. So my, my first rant, like I said, is three parts, is all themed together, and that one theme that flows through them all is primary schools, which I think, if I'm right, Alan, is called elementary schools in America? That is correct.
0: Uh, although That's we all... do have, we, I'll say this, some school systems may split their elementary into what they call the primary, which might be pre-K, kindergarten, and then first grade, and then second, third, fourth, fifth would be the rest of the elementary. And sometimes it's K through, uh, K through five or K through six, depending where in the United States. But yeah, generally elementary school, although some have broken now elementary into two pieces. So you'll have a primary and then the elementary.
2: You're confusing bastards in America. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> we're never content to let something work right the first time, you know, because it's working. Let's go ahead and fuck with it and try to do something yeah, different. you know. why
2: not? Well, Well,
0: primary schools over here in the UK...
2: Uh, you start when you're five, you go into nursery school when you're four, primary school is five to 11. And so I've got this three part rant. So I'm going, to, I'm going to go through them all. And after each part, I'm going to throw it over to you two because I'd love to hear your feedback uh, on what I'm going to say. And of course, I'd love to hear the listener feedback on everything I'm going to say. This all began a few weeks ago, and I was watching BBC News over here, which is, of course, one of the main news channels, um, Breakfast News on the television. And there was a headmistress from a primary school on Breakfast News, and she wanted to, she wanted to ban the primary school pupils from playing what is now called tick. What when I was in primary school in the seventies was called tick and run, and what I think again, if I'm guessing correctly in America, is called tag.
0: Tag, were, yes, like yeah, when you yeah. tag somebody, now you're it, and you have to go tag exactly. somebody else. Yeah. So
2: she wanted to ban tick. The reasoning being that it was too, it was too aggressive. Um, now I cannot remember playing tick when I was a kid, and it got overly aggressive. And she was saying, "No, it's it's although it's physical, it's it's too aggressive, and it often leads to fights." I can never remember a game of tick finishing in a fight. Now fair play to her, she gave two uh, examples of what she would like to replace tick with. The first oh, one being
0: I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> Here you go.
2: The first one being uh holding hands.
0: Okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait a second. That's going to lead to a whole different mess of problems. But okay, I'll let you continue. (laughs) Okay. The second one being, which is still, she said, which is still physical
2: uh, and still contains physical contact, is playing clapping games. So instead of running after each other and playing tick, which I used to do all the time when I was in primary school, you can now, what she wants to do, is you can stand there holding hands together, or you can stand there playing clapping games which will not lead to any fights or aggression because that's what she wants to cut down now sure both of you surely tell me please you both played tick in the playground during primary school
0: i know for a fact tag was a mainstay not just for me as a kid but when my kids were growing up we would play tag especially like at the beach we would play frozen tag uh, I don't know if you've oh, ever played that, classic. where yeah. one person is it, quote, yeah. oh, I guess yeah. that's a problem, too, because somebody's got to be it, and they would go you around. And to if they, they tag they somebody, you they have, have to, to be freeze, <laughs> right? And if somebody freezes, then they have to stay unless somebody else from their team yeah. can come untag them and unfreeze them. We played that all the time.
1: Great rules. What part of the 1800s was it where it was called Tick? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that in my life. <laughs> time did you grow up calling it tag yeah it was tag well you know dave's welsh so who knows
2: well this is it welsh and old the combination of those two it's like
1: you're lucky it was like a, a word called tick it could have been something completely different you no know why I, it was called tick because with tag you know you you hit someone and that's a tag yeah, it was. It was like you tick somebody. It was like tick and run. It was you, you tick
2: somebody, which was what I guess the same sort of meaning now as tag. You just oh. touch, touch them and tick them. Um, but I guess now that's inappropriate that you touch somebody somewhere, anywhere and run away.
0: No, no, uh, well, wait, no, 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 because this headmistress says that she'd rather you either clap hands, which still requires touching, mm. or holding hands. Yeah, so they're still touching. <laughs> that's more touching. <laughs>
2: And why does, it lead, why does it lead to aggression? I cannot remember any game of Tick or Tag or Tick and Run, no matter what the fuck you called it. I cannot remember any of those ending in a fight or anything like that. I mean, what school is she headmistress of? Where are these these innocent playground games ending in, like, primary school kids beating the shit out of each other? was, like, unbelievable. And the Can thing is... Say- yeah, sure. Okay. Go on.
0: I was going to say, can I say that if you have, you know, five, six, seven-year-olds and the game of tag is causing a- aggressive behavior, there's a different issue out there other than the game of tag. Yes. I mean, there's a child that requires some medicine and or some serious social services. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And holding
2: hands or playing clapping games will not fix that whatsoever. That's
1: all. But the, I think the, we should look at the head teacher here because it's just <laughs> like, no, no, I want him to hold hands.
2: Yeah. Stand there holding hands for, I mean, what is it? What is it now? It's, it's the morning and afternoon break in primary schools now. Is it like 15 minutes or something? And you've got, you've got the whole of the classes stood there
0: holding hands? How's that going to work? Kids don't want to hold hands with each other. <laughs> And what happens if you have an odd number of kids in the class? Who's who who gets the uh, who gets the social, you know, uh, uh, who gets to be like completely the social outcast who gets to grow up with some other kind of mental health problems? They'll be sitting on a couch 20 years later going, I wanted to be a good person, but no one would be there to hold my hand it's just gonna to have to be a big
1: a big circle of holding hands
0: yeah <laughs> that's the oh,
2: good point tom that's the only way you could do it otherwise you've got that like you said alan that one kid just slowly rocking in a corner crying <laughs> going i've got nobody to hold hands with and that's it the thing that made this worse going on to point two of three was the very next morning on the very same news show on the BBC, there was a woman that came on and again was complaining about primary schools and again saying that she wanted something banned from primary schools and she wanted packed lunches banned. Her argument being... That well, parents today are just putting too much shit in the packed lunches they're putting crisps in there, which is like chips in America, and they're putting sweets in there, which is candy in America because you've got such a fucking different language in america and i know we all... i wish we I wish I spoke your language, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> but they're saying yeah she was saying, oh the parents are just putting too much sugary stuff in there and this this is the reason for child obesity in primary schools in the UK is that parents are putting too much shit into the packed lunches and, and primary school kids should be forced to eat whatever the, the lunches that the schools give them. Now, two points here. Point one, I remember from my pr- primary school days, and granted, that was in the fucking 1970s, it was shit food. It was chips and cheese and all sorts of stuff nothing really healthy whatsoever point b i'll tell you what the best way to stop child obesity in primary schools is make them run around maybe playing games like tick instead of standing still holding fucking hands or playing clapping games it's like I couldn't believe that this same this story come on the very next day about child obesity after somebody had said, stop running around, stop these primary school kids running around. And then the next day somebody's saying then, oh, you're fat because of the meals. And well, but you want them to stay still and play clapping games. Now, I remember one vivid memory I have of my primary school days is And I, I flip-flopped between taking in um, packed lunches and having the school meals. And I remember when I was on school meals, and this has stuck with me forever, is the teacher. And again, this was the 1970s, different time. The teachers sat there and made me eat vegetables, which I fucking hate. And it's the reason why I hate them to this day. Anything green, I just run away from <laughs> screaming. <laughs> And and they made me eat it, and I threw my guts up afterwards because these teachers sat there and said, you've got to finish your meal. You've got to finish your meal. Whereas before, when I took a packed lunch in, and it was a sandwich, and it might have been, you know, shitty salmon paste from a little, you know, plastic jar that we had back then. Maybe not exactly healthy, but I enjoyed it, and I ate it all, and it filled me, and I didn't pick my guts up afterwards. So, again... You two, what are, your, what are your memories and thoughts of, uh, you know, your lunchtime meals in primary school?
0: No, you, you stole the thunder right out from under me. I let you keep the monologue going because my first thought was, wait a minute, the same genius that's telling you stop, don't run around is saying, oh, by the way, the food your mom and dad is packing is making you fat. Well, hello, <laughs> fucking move. <laughs> you know, <laughs> here's, the, here's, the, here's the two-step process to making sure that you don't become obese. Eat less, move more. You do both yes. of those, you're pretty well guaranteed you're going to be okay. <laughs> I think the thing is, like, Dave, you
1: had, you know, like your packed lunch when you were in school, and I had similar when I was in school. That was like in the 90s, let's say, for the bulk of it, which was sandwiches of some some description, thing of ribena, like blackcurrant juice, bag of crisps. And... Obviously, they're still saying this now, like, oh, you know, like, my parents aren't packing enough. And, like, obviously, there was like Jamie Oliver wasn't there. There was that big kick mm. about healthy food. Rightly, everyone ignored Jamie Oliver, <laughs> which should be just the, the go to thing with Jamie Oliver, just ignore. But so it's just like, well, we're all right, you know, like, as a, as like, two, well, shall, shall I say we're in two different generations, Dave? Yeah, yeah, let's. I think you can. Yeah. <laughs> And we're fine, you know, so like, why, why rock the boat?
0: Can I tell you our biggest problem growing up was what lunchbox we were going to buy with what TV show or movie was going to be on it and whether or not it was going to get us thrown into somebody else's locker or not. That was it. That was the big danger. No one was going around saying, well, mom and dad didn't pack two fruits, a vegetable and a different kind of snack for you along with a health, a wholesome meal and a glass of milk. No, fuck that. You know what we did talking about energy and tag? Not only did we have recess in elementary school three times a day, morning, lunch, and usually afternoon. We ate the fuck out of our lunch so fast to get out <laughs> there so we could play tag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got to bring this. Okay, I'm going to bring this around to a, a, a story from Texas here in the United States. Last year, I think, Dave, you and I may have been chatting about it on, on, uh, um, on face, not FaceTime, but uh, WhatsApp. A study by an elementary school in Texas after a three-month trial of taking kids out for recess three times a day found that the kids were more attentive in class, had less problems acting out, less instances of ADD and ADHD, and the teachers are going, hmm, maybe if we let the kids go outside and burn off some energy, they'll fucking learn something in the classroom. (laughs) Well, I guess, Dave, you and I grew up where we were all fucking geniuses because we already knew that. Exactly. Instead of them
2: standing there holding hands or, if you're lucky, burning off a shitload of calories, playing clapping games. Jesus Christ, <laughs> what are you going to do? You're going to be so fucking piss bored. You're going to go, please. You know, when we were at school, primary school especially, you're going, oh, you you didn't want playtime to end. If the kids there are just standing there holding hands or playing clapping games, you're going, let this end now, please. Let Dude, yeah, this end exactly. now Shoot or me. kill me. I might not have even got to double figures in age, but fucking kill me now because you I don't want anymore.
0: There we go. See, if I bring a gun to school, it'll put an end to all this shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this That's where the problem is. No, I'm serious. The reason this study came up in the United States is they have slowly eliminated all recess in favor of, quote, more instructional time. We're falling behind some of the greater countries in the world We need to stay on top of it. We need more education, more instructional time, more learning time. And then all of a sudden, teachers are going, well, these kids won't fucking stop acting up in class. I can't teach them anything. Duh. (laughs) Let them run around for 15, 20 minutes. Guess what? They burn all that shit off. They're sitting there. Sure, they may stink like little motherfuckers, but that's okay. They're inside (laughs) sitting there crisscross applesauce because we no longer here in the United States can say sit Indian style because Mm -hmm. that would be offensive. But they can sit with their (laughs) legs crossed and learn something exactly but the thing is it all came
2: together in part three of my rant when well obviously you can't you cannot play tick tick and run slash tag anymore because it's competitive and you can't do anything competitive in primary school anymore because everybody gets a whole everybody gets participation medal come sports day there's no winners there's no losers. Everybody gets the same medal, which to me is fucking stupid. It's like, please, please don't don't try to shoehorn everybody into this one big cotton wool filled safe space where everybody's the same. When When there's a sports day, go out. Whoever wins the 100 metres or 50 metres or whatever it is in primary school, you give the winner a medal and you go, well, well done, John. You, you won that, and here's your gold medal, and you were fucking awesome at running that, and <laughs> you won this. And maybe you might want to think about that, doing that in the future. You've got a natural talent for running quick and better than everybody else. But instead of making everybody feel, oh, really bad that they didn't come first, what you can do is you can go to Sarah, maybe, who came fifth. And you can go, okay, Sarah, you came fifth. You didn't win. That's not so bad. But you know what? That story that you wrote in creative writing, that was amazing. Why don't you maybe consider in the future you could become an author? Why don't you do that? Then you go to little Johnny who finished last. Because let's face it, it's always a little Johnny in these stories because he's a complete twat. Well, it's because he's a fat ass
0: because his mom and dad packed the wrong lunch and he doesn't actually play any games.
2: (laughs) He he, he just had sweets and crisps, didn't he, the bastard? (laughs) No fault of his own. (laughs) and he came last he waddled in last eating probably a packet of crisps and you go okay you came last you didn't get a medal but no worries that piece of art you did in the art class that's the best i've ever seen you could be one of the best artists in the world and also though if you still enjoy running, you might have enjoyed doing this. You finished last, but you enjoyed doing it. You can still run because you can still enjoy doing what you do. You don't have to be successful at what you enjoy doing. I mean, fuck me. Me and podcasting is a prime example. You, you just just enjoy doing what you do, no matter how successful you are. But focus on the things that you're really good at and don't try to put everybody into this same cotton ball field space where oh no there's no winners and there's no losers and you're all the same because yeah that's really going to get you primed for real life isn't it when you like go out there and do a job and you're going oh well yeah so and so might have done really fucking amazing at that and i didn't but We all still get a participation medal, don't we? Because we're all the same. No, you fucking don't. You don't. Start them early. Get them ready and say, you're not good at that, but you're really fucking good at that. And even though you're not
1: good at that, still do it if you enjoy it. Why not do that? (sighs) Well, as a recipient of many effort badges at school, I feel personally attacked right now.
0: (laughs) Oh,
2: I try. You know what? All through primary school, all through primary school till five to 11, I could not swim. I was scared shitless of water. Every week we walked. We had to walk. It was virtually a one mile walk from the primary school to the swimming baths. And I hated it. And I was in tears most of the time. And I wouldn't go in because I couldn't swim. I didn't want to swim. I was scared of water and it, if somebody had just said it's yeah, it's just it's fine it doesn't matter if you last you don't have to you don't have to do that and eventually i sort of doggy paddled 10 meters width, and I got a badge for it, a separate badge, not a participation badge, a separate badge, because just me, I'd really faced my fears and done something that nobody else had done, and I sewed it onto my swimming trunks, and I felt so fucking good for it, because I'd finally done it, rather than if I'd just gone into it and gone, oh, I don't like this, and I'd still got, you know, a badge anyway. That badge that I got meant so much more because I'd faced my fears and done it, and I didn't have it for ages and it's like, oh don't don't just give participation medals to everybody just give winners and losers, but praise what they're good at, even though it might not be that
0: all right let me give a, let me give an example of this Dave, you and I are basically in the same age range, so when we're, so we're raised very similarly in terms of what our parents expected of us, that there wasn't a, I never grew up with the idea of a participation in anything. It was you were first, no, I mean or neither. if you or you were the if you came in second, you were the first loser. Okay. That was mm. it. There was first place, everybody else, fuck y'all. Right? And you had to figure out what you were good at, but you only figured it out by trying other things. If I mm. had been lied to my whole life, that, oh, you're just as good as Johnny, yeah, okay. Well, Johnny's fucking faster than me. There's no way I'm just as good as Johnny, okay? Mm. Johnny's going to go win a track meet here pretty soon. And I'm going to get on the track field and get laughed at. Okay, don't do that to me. And here's an example with our kids. Our, our two oldest really had an affinity of playing soccer, right? And they started in, at age five. They discovered a love of the game. And they played all the way through to high school. They were on the varsity soccer teams, went uh, to state multiple times as far as the tournaments in their, for, the, for their school. But we told them so many times early on, if we were watching them, I would say, or my wife would say, okay, you really didn't try hard today. Or I don't know what you were thinking today. You were not paying attention. You weren't doing what the coach told you. They'd get so mad at us. Well, the coach said we were all great. I'm like, I don't fucking care what the coach is saying to be all PC (laughs) with you. You sucked today. And my girls would actually resent us saying that. And nothing felt better than in their junior year of high school after one of the practices. And they came over to us and they go, you know what? And that's just the weirdest thing when you have a a child tell you cool things like this as an adult, they said, you never tell us a lie. And you know, we know that if you say you went out there and did a great job, we know you mean it because you've told us before when we have it. And I get so sick and tired is my kid saying this, get so sick and tired of everyone being told you did great. When it's obvious people didn't do great. We got our asses kicked. Somebody didn't do great. Right. And if you teach a kid early The reality of when you do well, you get praise. When you don't, you're not going to get a false presentation or a false award. You're going to be told you fucked up. (laughs) How do you learn if you don't get told when you're doing things wrong?
2: Exactly.
1: Exactly. Tom. (laughs) Well, maybe with these schools and these sports days or sporting events, whatever, maybe like we're living in a time of actual unbridled honesty and they're just like, all these kids are shit. Because a lot of kids are shit. <laughs> a lot. And they're like, what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to disperse rewards? So we are just like, yeah, all of you, go on then. You're all as bad as each other. Do you uh, know what, yeah, what, like what you saying If you're saying about little fat Johnny though, because he's probably little fat Johnny because he's been sat holding hands with Pam for 45 minutes out of every lunch hour.
0: <laughs> so... Look, do you guys have a show? I'm assuming you do. It's something similar because Simon Cowell, you know, came over here to start American Idol. But I'm assuming you have similar shows where people try out. They've got, oh, you know, I guess what's this guy? Britain's Got Talent, stuff like that, mm-hmm. where people sing and whatever. There's nothing that cracks me up more, but then I feel sorry because these are the kids that were told their whole lives that they were something other than they actually were. They were told, you're a great singer. You sing just like everybody on the radio. <laughs> and they show up to these fucking things with this delusion of grandeur and this, these falsehoods from 18 or 20 years of being lied to because nobody wanted to hurt their feelings and say, you sound like two cats screwing in an alley. That's what you sound like. You don't sound like a singer. <laughs> and they go up there and then you can tell the, the kind of people they are because as soon as they get told, okay, you just don't have, like, oh, you don't know talent. You don't know talent. Who are you to tell me I can't sing? <laughs> um, I don't know. The guy that's like found actual talent that's on the air. Okay. But that they get that sense that shield the, the, the sort of, I guess it's like surrounds them that they've been told their whole lives how great they are at something when they really aren't, that they no longer have a sense of reality. And I think that's a disservice to those kids.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. You just, it's just planting false hopes in the minds at such an early age. When you should be going, okay. This, this is life. You've got to get ready for it. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with not finishing first, not being the best at something that you're not the best at. Because trust me, there's something out there that you really are the best
0: at. You just got to find it. Got to figure it out. And if you're being lied to, that you've been told you're the best at everything. I mean, what the? How does that? How does that create for a normal, healthy psyche? to go forward thinking you're the best at everything. Yeah. I know for a fact I suck at almost everything. Exactly. I've, thankfully, I found the one or two things I think I'm good at, or at least I have fun doing.
2: <laughs> thankfully again, because we're the, you know, the same age and everything. I grew up in, in an age where I know I'm pretty shit at everything I do and I don't give
0: a fuck. and It's fine. <laughs> Tom, I, I got to ask you, I want you to weigh in on this, this, how do you figure out what you're good at? If somebody's always telling you you're great at everything.
1: Well, you don't. You just go ahead with life thinking you're good at what you're doing. Like, like someone will tell you, like, at some point in your life. But like, like, you say, like, you give the American Idol and um, Britain's Got Talent example. But, like, at some point, like, it's probably going to happen more when you're older and you've left, like, you've left school, you've left college, university, what have you. Like, it, you, you can't go on thinking you're great at everything because someone's going to tell someone's going to bring you back down to earth sooner or later <laughs> maybe not when you're a kid but like when you've got to go and do real life stuff then that's it's when you learn but like you say like it'll be
0: horrible mm-hmm. Dave I, I, I've often and I wrote about this a while ago and I I don't know what you think about my theory on this but when you were younger if somebody like hurt your feelings or especially like in elementary school if you were picked last for something and it hurt your feelings You got over it usually pretty quickly, and most of us at an early age, we learned that that stuff is not lasting, and so we quickly develop techniques to just, ah, whatever, and you move along. If you wait till someone's 19, 20, 21, and finally, like Tom said, give them a dose of reality, I don't think they're equipped to deal with it, and I think that's why you got so many, quote, millennials that just don't know what the fuck to do with life. They haven't been told no for so long or told you suck at that, pick something else, they have no coping mechanisms because they never had to, to learn that.
2: You you know, exactly. That's, that is the point, Alan. You are not equipped to deal with it because I grew up with like, I was shit at football and I was always the last to be picked. When people, you know, at school, and it was like football teams, you, you, okay, here's the two and they're the best people and you're going to pick the team. And it was like, oh. There's Dave. He's last. Oh, fucking hell, you've got to have him on your team. But then I was, you know, I was really good at things like uh, hockey. I was in the hockey team. I was in the basketball team, things like that. I ran the 100 metres. I was the best in the fucking school at 100 metres, you bastards. You know, things like that. You find out what you're good at, what you're not good at. And then when you're not picked for stuff, you go, okay, well, I'm good at that then. And you'll find something else. Whereas if you go forward and you're in later life and you're going – And you're thinking, I'm great at everything. And then all of a sudden you're going, you're a bit shit, really. And then in this age where we live in now, with the whole digital age and social media, and everybody's got a voice and everybody's got a voice worldwide. And everybody can say worldwide, so-and-so's a bit shit at that, aren't they? It's a bit different when we were growing up and people were saying, oh, Dave's a bit shit at football, so we're not going to pick him. And it just stayed there. Whereas now... It's worldwide. You've got to learn these lessons early, or else it's just that the lesson is going to be so much harder and slap you around the face so much harder. And I think that's what people are finding now. And it's like, I feel so sorry for kids growing up today in this age with this social media and having to put on a different face on Twitter, on Instagram, on Snapchat, on TikTok, and all these fucking things that keep appearing all the time. And most of the time, the face that they're putting onto it, it's not them. It's the face that they want to project. It's the image they want to project. It's what they can do that they want to project. Whereas when we grow up, it was just us because it was all anybody that knew about it. You were just there in the playground and it never went any further. And that's the sad thing, really. And again, it's not be me being an old twat. There is mm-hmm. good things to do with social media and the d- digital age. Us doing this show now is a prime example. You know, if it wasn't for that, we'd have never got in touch with you. We wouldn't be doing this show. So it's finding that balance. But how do you do it? It's finding a happy medium and I found with the examples that I give in that three part run that I've just done is it's gone too far to one way and and it can go too far the other way. We need to find that happy medium where everything's sort of balanced by fear that we can't anymore.
0: I, I, I'm not quite to the doom and gloom. And Tom, I, I know I said before in the in the, uh, the warm up room, I was going to go to you next, but since. Dave literally went and this is how I use this term literally moved (laughs) to the topic I wanted to bring up about social media. It's a neck. I think it's a perfect bridge. I'm going to weigh in on this, but we'll try to keep it shorter and definitely come back around to Tom. I have long since called social media like anything else. It's a tool. It's like a hammer. You can use a hammer to build a house or you can use a hammer to bludgeon someone. You have to learn how to use it. And unfortunately. Because it's so easy to lie to yourself and lie to others on social media, it's almost like it's anti-social media. It's teaching you how to repress who you really are, project a fakeness or a falsehood because you want more likes, more clicks, more shares. And so many people that don't have the the, the skills to cope with adversity or cope with being told no because they were raised, as we just talked in that first segment, with participation trophies. They live almost in this fake world. It's not the real world anymore. It's not like you're sharing, like Dave, you and I and Tom and everyone here on 60 Minutes With, we're on WhatsApp, we're talking to each other, we're sharing what's actually happening in our lives. But too many of these kids, you know, they're not only projecting a falsehood for everybody else because they want to impress everyone, they actually then, even though they know that's what they're doing, they then turn around and believe everybody else is who they are on social media and now they start feeling bad well i'm not as good looking as her or i don't have as much as this person or look at the vacation they went on or look look at all the fun they're having and i'm stuck at home or i'm at work and, and now i'm depressed it's not social it's antisocial because we mm. haven't taught our kids how to be real we everybody wants to be either famous get the likes it's like pseudo celebritydom where we're we are we have watered down what it is to be a celebrity to the point Everybody wants to be one. And because of social media, they think they are. You're not. You're not famous just because you get 30 likes or a thousand likes or shares. You've got to start realizing that the real world is what's around you, not what you're posting online or even what you're reading from other people online.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think, uh, I mean, social media is really good. And it's like, because of, because of the digital age and social media, it's the reason me and Tom became friends going back before 2012, when we started podcasting with eight Pitch hours together, oh, years before then, we were on an online DVD forum, and that's how we got to know each other. And then through that, like, oh, he's got similar tastes to me, and then you start responding to each other's posts. And then when podcasting became, oh, I might start a podcast, and this, that, and the other, and we got together. And it's because of that, and that's a really good thing of social media, but like you said, Alan, it's, I find it's it's really getting out of control that social media is now not you being yourself. You're putting this false presentation of what you want to be out there. Uh, and all these filters are a thing as well. Jesus Christ, that's another rant that could be that i not even written down. Is all these filters where you change how you look. Just why? I mean, I, d- d- I wouldn't be on social media at all i used to have my own um twitter i used to have my own facebook i used to have my own instagram i deleted them all i only go online now through the podcast social media and if it wasn't for the podcast i wouldn't be online the people that i want to keep in touch with i keep in touch with through whatsapp Because you know what? I've got your phone number and I can message you directly. I can phone you up and I can do all of that and not share it with anybody else. These random people, that's how I want to do. Now, I realise that's, you know, not for everybody, probably not for the majority, majority of people. But it's just it's getting so out of hand with how you want to project yourself to how you want to be but i do keep in mind it has got good stuff because like i said at the beginning tom if it wasn't for that we we would have never got in touch would we
1: no not at all and i think like the internet now is uh you know a much different landscape to what it was And like that website you mentioned the dvd forums, that was like 2003 2004 i joined that yeah. and that was like all i am um, that was like all i can like them those sort of websites was just all I can sort of remember of the internet. There wasn't any like social media as it is now. No, not at all. Like maybe MySpace crept in near the end, but like, and then, you know, even 2012, it was like, now it's just, it's like, like you say, you have your breaks from your, no, sorry. You have your, you know, you took a break from all of, you know, Twitter, you broke all that off and just do it 60 minutes and you're on WhatsApp only. Like I have, as you know, I have like social media breaks now because it's just, it's just like, not even just for like for kids, like putting across how they are now, but like for everyone, it's just too much. It's just this overwhelming.
0: You're killing me. Every like is killing me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go back and listen to Rancho 3? <laughs> oh, my, oh my God. Yeah. Me, me with likes
1: is, yeah. <laughs> it's been trying to, t- I'm buying time and while I'm performing <laughs> the but I have got something in front I've got something in front of me actually which I don't need to say like a lot because I'm going to be reading it off a phone it's a tweet I saw the other day so social media good the year is 2010 and a woman in Coventry has just pushed a cat in a bin literally everyone you know online is whipped into a frenzy about it some call for a return of a death penalty <laughs> that was odd you think afterwards every day of the next decade is like this
0: <laughs> yeah oh my god That's good. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. You know, I, I wish, and here's the thing, Dave, and I know I get why you pulled back and pulled away. I also know it's, it's, it's almost impossible. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. So do you withdraw because it's for you, but then you, you miss out on other opportunities or engagements, or maybe even ways to sort of be the example that hopefully we can swing this pendulum back because that's what I think I, I'm always, I try to be anyway, honest on social media. Maybe it's because I was raised in that generation, Dave, you and I were, I don't have a reason to lie. I mean, I'm happy with who I am. I'm happy with my talents. I know what I'm good at, what I'm not good at. I don't share what I'm eating. I don't, I don't take mm. pictures of like stupid crap just because I need to post. Oh my God, I haven't posted in like six minutes. I've, if I don't do it now, someone's not going to like me and I'm going to lose my friendship status or whatever. I don't, I I feel like I have to be online because of what I do with radio, with staying on top of um, people in the news, uh, newsmakers. So many people have Twitter accounts. And so you can kind of get an insight and reach out. But there are times I just wish that we didn't have it, but I don't know how you can put that genie back in the bottle.
1: You can't. know. you can. I don't think you can. I think it's too far. It's too far gone now. And I feel bad for like, I'm lucky that we all grew up without the internet. Like I know, like I am younger and I, I had the internet when I was like the last years of school, but now I'm just, I'm just the kids that are growing up now, they're, they're with it from as soon as
0: they can read it. And it's not good. No, I don't think so. I think we, if we're not taking more proactive steps and it, it does start as parents and let's face it. Most parents feel like they're so busy. They don't do the job they should anymore, at least in my estimation. But you know, take the phone away. Don't give them a phone at age five to start because you're too busy. You know what? My kids, uh, now I, s- no, I sound like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> My kids would have as much fun grabbing some pots and pans out from underneath the cupboard and banging on them as they would playing on an iPad. But you know what? You learn more about shape and color and sound and texture when you're playing in the real world, not playing in a virtual flat screen world. And I wish more mm. parents wouldn't use the iPad or the computer screen or the, I- or the iPhone or smartphone as a babysitter. How about you actually engage with your kids? And maybe it's because mine are just getting to that point where my two oldest have graduated college. They're off. They've got their own place. I've got my third daughter down, and she's actually uh, at at uh, in Spain right now studying abroad for a semester as a junior in college, and my youngest is about to start college. They're coming back and telling us things like, oh, remember that time we did this? Remember the time we went camping? Remember that time we went fishing? Remember that time we, we, we went kayaking the first time and Ashton got stuck on the rocks? They're not coming back and saying, remember that time we played Candy Crush? Remember that time we actually <laughs> tried to solve some word puzzle online? It's about going out and experiencing things. That's what they're coming back to us with. That's the thing. That, that is exactly it.
2: And because I've just stuck to... My social media is now—it's—it's it's all to do with this podcast, sixty minutes with podcast. And thanks to the podcast, though, I've had the opportunity to post so many pictures of me with me with so and so, and me with that, and me at this place. But I don't because it's not about me. I don't want people to see me. I'd rather take a picture. We—I go to a gig with you know we're in the lucky position of we get press passes to go to gigs we get press passes to go to conventions and all sorts of places i don't post pictures of me there and me with this person and me with them and me pulling the same fucking instagram face all the fucking time (laughs) and nothing else in the background because it's all about me i'll just take a picture of what's happening there because i'm there and it's not about me but unfortunately the generation now seem to think it's all about them and creating this false life of them that they have to project to their friends. And it's it's sad and it's depressing and it's a lot of pressure on them. And that's why there's so many uh, young people now suffering from depression and wanting to take their own lives and all this. That and the other. And I think because we're older and we grew up in a different time, We'll go somewhere and we'll do this, that, and the other. And we'll go, look, I'm here. Here's a picture of what I'm looking at. Instead of, mm-hmm. oh, I'm here. Here's a picture of me. And if you look really closely, you might see a little bit of what's happening behind me. But here's me. And I'm pulling the same face as I pull in every single Instagram photo. And 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 obviously I've I've changed it with filters. And it doesn't really
0: even look like me, even. Now I look skinnier, and I don't have any wrinkles. Yeah, it's exactly.
1: Oh God, Dave. To be honest, you could do it with a filter.
0: I could do. I yeah, tell you yeah, what, actually, it- that I, I would actually prefer if you would, Dave. There's, no,
2: there's still, even in 2020, there's still no filter strong enough to do that.
0: Trust <laughs> me. Here's what I'd say: if we were all hanging out together, we we are in the 21st century, and maybe it's because I'm in media we're supposed to be engaging to the audience. So um, on my radio account that I have for the Alan Sanders show, you'll see me take selfies with people or take a picture of where I am. Oh, if I'm with that's somebody, what the yeah. audience of today yeah. wants. Yeah. So if, if, I think it's I'm okay with when you,
1: yeah, there's nothing wrong it. with
0: having some pictures of you. As long as like you said, maybe you get somebody else to take the phone and take the picture. So we see where you are with the people. Cause when think, you did yeah. the picture with you and Sly Stallone, I would have been pissed if you weren't in the picture. That was good. I liked seeing that. I was happy for you. So it's not so all about me, but every now and then it's okay to be kind yeah. of about you too. No,
2: no, no. That's fair enough. Yeah. You do. If, you know, if I, I'm going, can't say anything at the moment, but hopefully I'm going to a gig and covering it next month and I'll take a picture of me and the person whose gig it is, and that will be on there, but there'll be one picture and the rest will be of the gig and the write-up will be of the gig. And trust me, the picture of me and the person will not be changed. So I look 20 years younger, <laughs> so I look 80.
0: It's just, no, it's not going to happen. It's just as it is. Well, Tom, I know you've been, uh, and maybe a part of it is, is you're in the background and it's hard to jump in, but I want to make sure you get at least your topic in because we're already coming up close to that full hour and I still have the Would You Rather game that we need <laughs> to play to uh, see which we, which of these you options you'd pick. But... As far as your rant list, Tom, and maybe we've already kind of jumped on some things like we've already no, been talking about yeah, school it's... and competition, but what did you want to bring to the table today?
1: Well, I think it carries quite nicely on from how people present themselves on the internet, funnily enough, um, because it starts with me being on a social on Facebook, which is never a good start to any anything <laughs> these days, because yeah. Facebook's easily the worst out of all the social media. So I was on Facebook and there was this person who I'm not friends with, but they were tagged by someone else and they were like careful you're not supposed to play tag play clapping games with them instead tom (laughs) hold hands hands if you have to that's it (laughs) (laughs) and it was like this this guy was like i don't like home alone and i'm just like the movie home alone and Mm. it's one of them isn't it and they're like it's boring i'm just like well you can level up you can your opinion on any film is your own you can You can say you hate The Godfather. You can say you love The Godfather, you know. But when they said, oh, it's boring, I'm just like, you can level anything you want at Home Alone, like any other film. You can't really say it's boring, can you? It's not a dull movie. And my gripe is these people who just want to have a contrary opinion to everyone else, like, oh, no, I don't like the most popular thing and the most beloved thing in the universe. Now, there's always one. And it's like, it's like, that's these people. I, I'm sure I saw it with the, with the um, recent Adam Sandler film, Uncut Gems. But, oh, it's boring. I was like, you did watch it then? Because you can say it's, <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can say whatever you well, want. About obviously you watched it. Yeah, a different like, movie. <laughs> so everyone, but these, you know, like saying something's boring is when a film isn't boring. It's just like, that means you want to be that person with the Like, no, I've got to have the, Different opinion to everyone else. I want to be that guy or gal, um, yeah. And that really, I'm waiting for it to happen with Parasite. Like, I don't, I can't remember the last time a film was so universally loved. I've no people who haven't been to see subtitled films before who you know never see anything from South Korea or anything like that, and everyone has loved it. And I'm still waiting for that one person I'm like, oh, it was boring. <laughs> I mean, if subtitles aren't for <laughs> you, that's fine. But like, I'm just waiting for that one person to be like, uh, and I've and I could tell you who it is out of people I know. But um, <laughs> that's what's just. But again, I guess it's all like the um how they're presenting themselves online. Like, yeah, I'm the one. You know, I'm that radical who doesn't like who thinks Home Alone is boring and doesn't like Parasite or thinks you know like
0: Godfather's a waste of time. You know, and it doesn't have to be films. It could, you know it could be anything. But it was just like.
1: God, I hate people
0: <laughs> you know I think you're right there's a group of people and I don't know if it's if this is maybe this is all somehow tied together and we haven't been able to figure out what the universal through line is but it feels like we're hitting all around it but Tom you're absolutely right there are people who I feel like I call them there's they're in the grievance industry they're always got to be aggrieved about something something is wrong about nothing can be perfect so if somebody it's the people it's like the fan the toxic fanboys that went after Ryan Johnson in oh. the last Jedi I get it It wasn't the movie, maybe you wanted. Guess what? You're not the fucking filmmaker. (laughs) You don't get to make that decision. And when you start going after the actors on social media and telling them what shitty people they are because of the characters they played in a movie, that's just stupid. Those are people that are just, they think the social media platform, and Dave, you kind of said this, it gives them that platform to talk to a far bigger audience than we ever got to as kids. But here's the thing about, quote, freedom of speech. Too many people mistake it to mean the freedom to be heard. You know what, motherfucker? You can say anything you want. I don't have to listen to you. And that's it. I think too, too many people mistake
2: their opinion for fact is another big thing online as well. They think their their opinion isn't their opinion. It's fact. And if, if you disagree with them, well, fuck you. You're wrong. And I think it's a good point, Tom. I've seen it so many times of people going, this, this is like so popular, so popular. And I'm sure even people who think I really fucking love this just for the sake of it to be contrary go and that was shit and I'm going to post it shit. So I'll get some attention online because I'm not getting any attention anywhere else. And it does. It really does happen. It's yeah, that's
0: yeah. I agree with you there, mate. You know what? It's. It's the live action version of clickbait. Yeah. I want to get more people telling me how crappy my opinion is. And I know if I go contrarian to everybody, everybody's going to all of a sudden, and now I'm going to feel like I'm the center of attention.
2: And you know what? Everything I've said on this show, if you don't agree with it, it's fine. I don't care because it's just my opinion and your opinion might be wrong. And that's fine. And you know, I'm not going to go online and go, when you might go, oh, that 60 Minutes with Rant episode when Dave said about playing tick and they were holding hands, I think everybody should hold hands. I'm not going to go, oh, you're fucking wrong. You're fucking wrong. I'm going to go, okay, that's your opinion. It's fine. You know what? I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to, well, no, no, that to you. headmistress was wrong.
0: <laughs> 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 but here's the thing. If, and I have found this. And again, maybe it is when you get, oh, I hate to say it. You get a few more years or some experience, or maybe it's the culture or the time in which you were raised. I can have a great discussion with somebody about a movie that maybe I didn't like, but I can say, you know what, though, that performance was good. That shot was good. I can have a conversation about what worked and what didn't work for me or what worked for you. You might learn why I have a different opinion than you, but when you have these basically black and white, it's either my way or the highway assholes, they're the ones who go, oh no fucking The Last Jedi, worst fucking movie ever, and anybody who says anything otherwise, I'm defriending you. Well, how the fuck do you learn anything about anybody, including yourself, by shutting off conversation?
1: Yeah, exactly. And all those people with The Last Jedi, it all kind of backfired on them, didn't it, with the next one? Because they hated that one even more. Yes. And it was their fault because the filmmakers bent to their will, which they should not have done at all.
0: No, they should not like have. With
1: Ed, I think I said it in the way back when in the WhatsApp group, like whether it's movie, TV, like even like I do the crewing on a wrestling company, even storylines in wrestling, you do not listen to what the fans say. You've got your, the writers are there yeah. for a reason. Exactly.
0: I think you said it in one of the shows, you and Dave, I remember you saying something about that. It's like you either like The Last Jedi or you don't, that's fine. But to bend to the will of the fan, guess what? You can't please everybody. So which fans get more of your ear Mm. than others? Because had someone come to me, I would have said, "Ryan Johnson, thank you for giving me something new and fresh and innovative. And it felt like I was watching something cool. And whether I agreed with everything, fuck all. It's your Mm. story. I still liked it. And I I don't know if you've seen this. And this is kind of like maybe more for an entertainment show. So I'll just leave this here. I don't know if you've seen that the, the leaked script of what was supposed to be the follow-on to the last mm-hmm. Jedi until all of the toxic fanboy backlash that script would have yeah. been amazing. Yeah. It would have taken Ryan Johnson's movie to the next level. And instead, we got basically a a an A-team mashup on on steroids on for the big screen. A fun ride until you ever ask yourself, "But why did they do that?" or "How did they d-? you know, the final the Rise of Skywalker, if you turn your brain off, fine, you're just hitting me with color and sound and spectacle and a couple of funny one-liners. It's a shit movie. <laughs> and I am and I hate that because we had something cool before, but we let the fanboys di- dictate which way Disney should go with the final story. So with that said, the whole grievance industry, Tom, that's a great wrap-up to everything that's sort of connected today because I do think if people can't learn to converse and stop this whole, I'm aggrieved about everything. Well, you know what? Very few things are all one or all the other. You might not like a movie, but there's still things liked about it. Or maybe you like the actor or the person. Find the things that cre- create commonality and bring us together for the conversation instead of figuring ways to divide and or cut each other off.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely.
0: All right. Well, since we're coming close to the hour, Mark, and I try to keep these at the 60 Minutes With, Mark. <laughs> how unusual
2: for it's a show to- called 60 Minutes With. <laughs> it is well,
0: <laughs> well the the last show you guys uh, put out the ABC of gaming it was like the elephantitis of the oh, nuts it was three hours that's long the thing
2: the <laughs> thing though the good thing about it is me and
0: Tom can go nothing to do with us it's their fault <laughs> yeah it's their fault yeah hey i wasn't on it either notice this we're able to keep it under an hour leave it to the professionals (laughs) chris adam and ben we know what we're doing (laughs) well this is the part where i uh, i added this a couple of episodes back and i think uh the audience response was really good because it gets them in the middle of it as well we call this it's a takeoff of the uh, card game would you rather but i always have it in the vent of uh, the rants we talk about are the things that just kind of something that just makes us feel, Ugh! you know, the blood pressure goes up irrationally. So we'll play this game and I'm going to start with Tom and then we'll we'll alternate back and forth. Uh, and of course, I'll throw mine in there as well. But Tom, here we go. And the audience can play along at home. Your first would you rather. Would you rather work for a boss you hate but make good money or work for a boss you love but make minimum wage? <sighs>
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know why I'm doing the big intake of breath. Like it's a hard decision for me because it's not because I love money. <laughs> so, and in my years, I have probably had more managers that I disliked than I've liked. So it wouldn't be a jump. So I would take the a manager. I hate um, the money over the manager. I liked um, to a minimum wage because I just love money, man. I like it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong with that. Dave. See,
2: now I'm the opposite and maybe it's because of, I'm a tiny little,
0: a fraction older than Tom. Uh, <laughs> we, we, by that I you mean rather, an entire generation, but who's who's splitting hairs here?
2: <laughs> who's who's counted? Uh, yeah, I would rather, as long as I've got like food on the table, roof over my head, I would rather enjoy every day of my life. And if those basic costs were covered, and if if there's any more money for a little bit of gravy, like a holiday or anything like that, that's a plus. I would just rather enjoy every day. So I would rather go into work with a boss that I really love and just bring home enough to cover basic costs.
0: You know, this is a tough one because I, I then there's another question that I'm going to get to at the end. I put these as bookends about jobs and what you love. But for me, I'm like Tom, I've had more people in my, in my work experience that are the most miserable, rotten bastards. But as long as I'm getting a paycheck and I and I and I like what I'm doing, I'm, I, I and I can't assume that with the question. I think I'd pick the money, um, but it's I, I almost feel like I'm in the middle because yeah, Dave, you're absolutely right. There's something about being feeling like you're in a in a positive work environment because that can really mm-hmm. drag your ass down if you don't have the right coping skills. But I think right now, if at this moment today, I'd say I'd pick the boss I hate as long as I was getting a pretty good paycheck. You know
2: what, the the best paid job I've ever had in my entire life, and it was really fucking good money, I'll kid you not, unfortunately, had the worst bosses I've ever had. And I was so pleased to leave that place. And I felt (laughs) such a weight off my shoulders when I left. And I went into another job earning a lot less and... I was a lot happier.
0: I do have to tell you, so. it's hard. It is very hard if you don't have a very, very thick persona. You don't have a very a thick skin. It's tough working for somebody who's just a miserable person. Mm-hmm. Dave, next one. Would you rather always have a song stuck in your head or always have an itch you can't scratch?
2: Oh, Mike. You know, oh, wow. I've been thinking about this. I've thought. Start- I started thinking a few days ago about doing the tweet of the first song that comes into my head and just tweeting on the 60 Minutes with the count. Here's the first song that's come into my head. Because you know what? I'm sure all of us and everybody listening at some point during the day gets a song stuck in their head. Tina did the other day and we were driving and she was going, I like, can't oh, get this song out of my out of my head. <laughs> and it's so annoying. And I, I read somewhere I said to her, I said, oh, I said, the thing that I've read uh, is you should... Start singing happy birthday to me, happy birthday <laughs> to me, to get the song out of your head. Um But I I have had a, another song in my head again all day today. Uh I don't know. I think i probably have the song stuck in my head because normally it's a song that you really like. So what's wrong with having a song that you like stuck in your head? So I'd go with that.
0: Okay. I'm going to go next here and say, I agree. I'd rather have the song stuck in my head because what I end up doing is singing it out loud for the next three, four, five hours. And at some point I must <laughs> sing it out of me because it eventually goes away. There's nothing yeah. worse than an itch. You can't scratch. Exactly. Tom.
1: Yeah. I, I'm all three of us. Yeah. I'd agree. The song like, cause it, it's a nice problem to have, isn't it? <laughs> like Dave said, mo- you know, like I, I won't say I haven't had a few stinkers stuck in my head, <laughs> from time to time. Like, oh man, how's this in here? But it's you know, it's you've got a song in your head with a itch. Like, oh man,
0: that could be anywhere. So, and now, for how long? And I can yeah. tell you, my uh, my family hates when I get one of these songs stuck in my head because I found one of the ways to get rid of it is to start coming up with alternative lyrics, and they're never they're never good lyrics. They're always perverted. For example, I I finally watched the Disney live action The Lion King, which I thought was just amazing the animation but the song hakuna matata got stuck in my head and so i kept going around hakuna matata and then finally I, found, I changed it to the girls got big tatas <laughs> and it finally my wife was like would you stop singing <laughs> you ruined it for yourself and I got rid of it i did yeah. <laughs> actually then i kept thinking about yeah now what other movies could i go watch that that song would go with okay hmm. <laughs> yeah i'm sure there's plenty <laughs> all right number three tom this goes to you would you rather have every movie spoiled before you went to watch it or not be able to watch the movie until it's been out for over a year? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, well, I thought about you guys coming on in your, in your 80s picture show and your love of movies and you keeping track of all your movies on that. What's that app you were talking about in one of the last uh, uh, decade of decadence shows? You, you were talking about you keep track of all the movies you've ever seen. Oh,
1: yeah. Let, letterboxed.
0: Yeah. So I thought of you with
1: this one. Um, I would probably choose to wait the year because there's nothing worse than having a film spoiled. As long as it's not spoiled to me in those 365 days, it'll be a bit shit because you couldn't really talk about new films with people, but they wouldn't be spoiled for you and you can still go in watching it for the first time, which is the main thing.
0: Yeah. Dave?
2: Yeah, I'm with Tom. I would rather wait a year Go into a movie because we're both such huge movie lovers. To go into it completely unspoiled, and let's get it right. There's so many movies been made now. We'd still have loads to watch while we're waiting during that 365 <laughs> days of that that we've never seen before. As you know, as many movies as we'd, as we'd love to watch. We're never going to watch them all that we'd want to. So yeah, it's I would rather wait a year. As tough as, as that would be.
0: I'm exactly with you. All three of us are in line on this one. Uh, and I can say the reason I know for a fact that this is how I feel is more often than not, I don't go see the movies. They're so expensive today to make a date night out of it. You're going to spend 40, 50 bucks. I've got a home theater. I've got a 65 inch widescreen TV with the Dolby Atmos surround. I'll wait. I usually wait till it comes out on Blu-ray. I buy the movie for 20 bucks on sale, less than the movie ticket in the first place. And I get to own it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So I'm okay waiting. I've never... I was when I was younger. I I probably was much more the other way. But now that I'm a little older, I don't have to see it opening night. Uh, In fact, I can't remember the last movie I saw, quote, opening night. I usually wait anyway, so. All right, Dave, this one goes to you. Would you rather have your browser history made public or have the last 20 pictures in your camera made public? The last 20
2: pictures in my camera because more than likely... They'll all be about podcast mascot Bodie, because <laughs> that's all I take pictures of. It would much be, to Tina's it's going to be your dog and sheep and grass. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> Tina goes, You love the dog more than me. Oh, well, And she'll look at the pictures in my phone gallery and it will go, Yeah, there's thousands of pictures of him. And whereas the, there are hundreds of pictures of Tina, there are thousands of pictures of Bodie. But having said that, if you went to my internet browsing history, all it would be would be stuff to update the website.
0: So I, I'm yeah. fine
2: with either, really. This
0: may be the wrong age audience for this question. <laughs> but you know the answer to that question. When when your wife or your, your girlfriend, your significant other, whoever, when they say, it's like you love the dog more. Say, well, you know what? Let's do an experiment. I'm going to lock you and the dog in the trunk of the car for eight hours. I'm going to open that trunk. Who do you think is going to be happier to see me?
2: exactly <laughs> whose poo do i clean up more yours are the dogs <laughs> oh actually it's tina's so that's a bad example oh! so.
0: <laughs> okay i'm not saying that you said that all right tom what about you would you rather have your browser history made public or the last 20 pictures from your camera roll well while dave was talking i've consulted both my browser
1: history. <laughs> And I would save the twenty photos of my phone because they are all just random screen grabs of shit at the moment at the moment. This answer could change within the next twenty four hours <laughs>
0: it, it all depends whether it's a Friday or Saturday night, right exactly but yeah <laughs> photos yeah i'm I'm the same late, i'm I'm gonna say photos because I'm very much like you all. I'm either taking uh pictures of uh, the kids the dogs i'm I'm taking pictures of things outside or or things at the radio station, but I, my picture roll is very unspicy. You're not going to find anything worth looking at in, <laughs> in three or four years worth of pictures on my phone. All right, Tom, we got two more left for the audience playing along at home, but Tom, you get to answer first. Would you rather forget your significant other's birthday every year or forget your anniversary every year?
1: Every year? Which one?
0: Which one would you rather forget every year: their birthday or the anniversary? Man. <laughs> and remember, they might be listening. There isn't one, so
1: that's <laughs> unlikely. Well, it's not right now, but you never know. Oh yeah, good point. In the future, future listening. Um. Birthday. God, they're both. I'd say birthday. I mean, in an ideal world, it would be in this alternating year thing,
0: but. Um... <laughs> you make a habit of dumping everybody just before their birthday. You won't have to worry about it. Good point. Good point. <laughs> so you say birthday. Dave, what about you? Uh, I would not want
2: to forget or not make a point of Tina's birthday, mostly for the reason that it's five days before Christmas. And for many years, her birthday just got lumped in with Christmas. So I do ah. like to make her birthday separate because it's on the 20th of December and she grew up for years having a shit birthday because it's, well, here's your, here's your birthday and your Christmas present. Oh, so there's, there's a rant rather, topic rather, all to itself. Oh,
0: my. Yeah. So I'd
2: rather make that a good day at the expense of the anniversary gets forgotten.
0: Uh, and you know what? I am, ex- I am the same thing. The birthday only because, and this is the honest to God's truth, I'm on marriage too, my wife is on marriage too, and the way we kind of live our lives, we have forgotten our anniversaries, actually forgotten our anniversaries more than once, because it's always at the end of the school year, and there's so many things going on, because it's Mm -hmm. May 12th, we often just go, oh my God, did we just forget our anniversary? And my wife would would say, oh my God, thank (laughs) God you said the same thing, because I was thinking, shit, if you forgot, if you remembered and I forgot, I'm going to feel like crap. So, for us, apparently, we just, we know we're married. We love being married together. Who cares the date, but I will not forget her birthday. Yeah, good point. All right, last one. Dave, you get to go first. Would you rather do what you love and make just enough to pay the bills or have a job that puts you in the top 10%, but you absolutely hate what you do? No, oh, option
2: one, without a doubt. Think, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I would much rather love what I'm doing and just have enough to cover the bills by a country mile easily. Yeah. Uh, if you'd asked me this, I don't know, 20 years ago, answer might've been different. Uh, but now, yeah, I think every day is just, well, I woke up, so it's a good day. I want to make it as best as I can. And if I can cover the bills, good. I would, yeah, I would hate to get up and going, Oh, fucking hell. I've got to do that and you'd get a shit ton of money, which is nice. No, no. Give me a day that I enjoy every
1: time. Tom? Hello, shallow bastard here. (laughs) 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 It's like I've worked in retail most of my life, man. Is it a job that I'm going to hate more than that? I don't think so. So give me the... Give me the high earnings and the shitty job. There's going to be time to, you know, to look forward. When there, i can be just like, yeah, but I'm going to be doing this soon. This is how I've operated for the last 20 years. Yeah, but I've got this to look forward to. I've got this, I've got all this money. I'm going, to, I'm going to piss it away on this and I'm going to go and see that gig. I'm going to go on this holiday and it's all just working towards that.
0: If you've got the mental fortitude to create the barriers that don't let your job interfere with your personal life, that yeah. definitely works. I got to tell you, Dave, I'm with you. Because I've been, in both, I've been in both camps, and mm. I have found that I am making half what I have at the highest point before in my life, and I'm easily twice as happy as I've ever been because I get to do what I love. It doesn't even feel like work, and there's something to be said about coming home and not being pissed at the world and yelling and ranting and in a bad mood and kicking the dog. I, I'm happy all the time, and I don't know about you, but mental health is a good thing for me. I like being happy.
2: Oh, well, yeah. I'm I'm. Earning less now than I was thirty odd years ago, and I'm much happier. So, yeah, that that's a big that's a big thing.
0: That's going to bring us to the end of a rant show. But I always like to have Ooh. everybody get a chance to not just uh, sign off with any last thoughts, but uh, any recommendations on where they can find you or engage. Because obviously, we'll do that with the the sixty minutes with ha- handle as well. But Tom, you were the first to join us. This is your first rant show, so we just popped that cherry. You'll be welcome back anytime. Mm. Uh, anything you want to add? Anything that you want to circle back around to before we wrap this up? No,
1: no. I think we've. uh, I think it was quite a good little circle of (laughs) internet-related stuff. It all worked. uh, Yeah, yeah. I think it flowed quite nicely. Um, but no, no, nothing to add.
0: Now you said you're involved on social media far more than Dave. Probably, maybe more, about the same as me. So if somebody is listening and they want to follow, engage, talk to you, or whatever, do you uh, do you share your social media out there for anybody?
1: Yeah, I think Twitter would be the best one. Um, I don't do Facebook much, or as much now. Um, Instagram's just looking at pictures, pretty pictures. Um, so, yeah, I'm on <laughs> Twitter at Tom Downey, T-H-O-N-D-O-W-N-I-E.
0: Excellent. And I'll go next, because Dave has all the other stuff memorized about 60 Minutes with, it'll be a lot easier uh, you can always find me. I don't have anything else to add besides it was great having Tom and Dave. I'm really happy you were able to join us again. This is this has been a, a fun addition, I think, to the 60 Minutes With group. Uh, or As far as offerings, I've had a lot of people say, you guys have me laughing, you have me playing along, you guys are saying things that are making me say, yeah, exactly the same, or what the fuck is wrong with you? But as long as you're listening, that makes me happy. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, The Alan Sanders Show. That's my public page when I do radio, anywhere. Uh, I do actually what's known as terrestrial radio outside of podcasting. You can also find a podcast that I started with my buddy Walt, The Wilder Ride, and that is about the movies of Gene Wilder. And you can find me on Twitter as well, Alan J. Sanders, all together, A-L-A-N-J Sanders. It's a four-letter word, Alan. Use it like you use any other four-letter word. I'm used to it. Dave?
2: <laughs> uh, well, yeah, obviously listeners are listening to this, so you have some interest in 60 Minutes with the website is 60minuteswith.co.uk there's a contact us form on there you can email us direct which is 60 minutes with at uh, contact at 60 minutes we're on twitter we're on instagram both of those are at 60 minutes with we're on reddit search for 60 minutes with podcast everything is numerical 60 not alphabetical 60 on the website, there's a new edition that you can leave us a podcast review. It's so easy. You can tweet at us. You can email at us. You can leave us on Reddit. The, all of the reviews do help to get us more guests, more competition prizes, of which on Twitter, we constantly have a shitload of prizes on Twitter. We give away thousands of pounds worth of prizes on Twitter every single year. Uh, we've got eight format shows, uh, like Alan said. Uh, Thanks to Alan, this is the eighth format show, uh, and recently Steve and Tina started doing soundcheck um, themed songs, which is one of the eight format shows, which is soundcheck. So within each of the eight format shows, like the soundcheck shows, for example, we have soundcheck shows, soundcheck interview, soundcheck them out, now soundcheck themed, so really... We have far too many (laughs) different format shows to keep (laughs) up with. But like I always say, I like to think of us as an audio buffet where you can choose what you want. And I know lots of listeners, they don't listen to every single show we put out. And let's get it right. We're into episode 220-odd now. Uh, You can pick and choose what you like. And I'm sure no matter what, there's something out Mm -hmm. there that you like. And if you just like the entertainment shows, you like the Decade of Decadent shows that me and Tom do, or... you like the abc of gaming shows you like these rant shows thank you thank you for whatever you listen to and hopefully we just give you a little bit of entertainment a few laughs and uh it's free you know, come on it's free entertainment even if you just like one of the many shows that we do it's it, we're more than happy to uh put a few smiles into your life
0: I like to think of this as the 21st century of the old variety shows we grew up on, whether it was (laughs) Benny Hill, whether it was the Carol Burnett show or any of the other ones, whereas one skit after another, they may not all hit the sweet spot, but you tune in every single week to find out what's going to be there. So come back every month to find out what other episodes have dropped since the last time you visited folks. We appreciate you being out there. Find us on Twitter and, and, uh, and Reddit like Dave said, but also while you're leaving reviews, if if you don't have the time, and this is actually really important, if you liked the episode, share the link. Mm-hmm. Share it on your social media. Let people know. Say, hey, check out this show. Check out this episode. Really enjoyed it. It was fun. And, you know, that may drive some additional listeners to come check us out for the very first time. Until next time, I don't know about you guys. I'm just happy I still got my legs.
2: Hello? Well, hello, Dave. How are you? Hello, Mr. Sanders. I'm very well. Thank you very much.
0: How's the, uh, how's the heart health going?
2: Uh, I may drop dead at any point during this podcast, but don't worry, <laughs> you have my permission to carry
0: on uh, and get it done. Okay, good. Well, as long <laughs> yeah. as we bulk out our priorities, because I would say the exact yeah. same thing to you. Don't think our wives or you know, significant others would understand, but I do. <laughs>
2: Yeah, this could be the posthumous episode for Dave, and it'll be, <laughs> somehow it'll be released, and it'll be in my memory. Hopefully, people will like it, and if they don't, fuck me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah,
2: yeah, and you've got my we we've got we've got a few, um, which may be a little bit of a pain, and of course I will pay you overtime rate, of which <laughs> the 60, of which the sixty minutes with overtime rate is fuck all, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what? I would love to be double fuck all because that's
1: awesome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I just got a text message from him that says every time, hold on, every time I join it, crashes Skype out. Oh, I'm on. I'm on. Oh, there there he is. He's figured out how to use his PC. Excellent. Got it. It you took a few years.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We've only been podcasting since 2012. Come on. Give, give us a break, Alan. For God's sake. <laughs> what, what, I, what am I
0: expecting? <laughs> we're, we're professionals, goddammit. it. Especially at the fuck all rate we were just talking about. I mean, <laughs> yes,
2: yes. The the pay rate that we do is
0: uh, ranges from fuck all to fuck all. <laughs> and you said I'm getting double because of the editing I'm going to have to do. So this is going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're going to get double fuck all. Lucky you.